if you know you've got a guy who's going to be force-fed the ball, you have to play him. So, Tevin Coleman, I'm looking. You drafted him third round. You're kidding. Nope. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I don't even know how he won three games. Brady's going to get hurt again, man. Um, For sure. Who else has bad road splits? Matt Ryan. Really? But Latavius Murray is the best handcuff in fantasy. CJ Yeldon. (laughs) (laughs) Good evening, everyone. It is Thursday, Thursday, December 21st, with the Fantasy Football Bros. We are excited to finalize and run our last and final episode of the fantasy football season i'm joined my name is mark hogan i'm joined by my co-host here derek randall hey how's it going mark it's going well it's going well derek congratulations on making it to the championship here it, uh, i feel like uh it was just yesterday when we were talking about how you barely squeaked into the playoffs I know, I know, man. It's been a strange season. What a winding road. Uh, start began with an 0-4 start, and here I am, one of two teams remaining. Well, it's always, uh, it's always, always show, showcases your ability to adapt and overcome throughout the season. So, uh, gotta gotta hand a lot of credit to you for being able to, you know, navigate uh, an 0-4 team back all the way into the playoffs and now into the uh, the championship here. So, uh, job well done, but uh, but the job isn't done yet. So, not quite. Uh, <laughs> so let's get let's get started here. Uh, we're gonna, you know, this will be a pretty quick episode for everyone listening. We're going to, I'd say let's let's do a little recap of what happened last week. Uh, we'll go from there into. Uh, the, the main matchup, and then we'll just wrap up with uh, really uh, any kind of closing remarks or anything we want to, you know, uh, leave on the table uh, going into the off season here uh, for the John League specifically. So uh, let's go back in. A- anything you want to add here, Derek, before we get started? No, man. Um, just hitting off what you said before about this being the last episode, I do think we should have a post-league like um, a, a season's wrap episode and, and also bring the commission on to, you know, finalize whatever changes we're going to do for next season, but obviously not next week, maybe a little bit later than that. Yeah, I think, um, and I, I, I think we we're talking about it, but if anyone's around on maybe Sunday, um, definitely would like to try and get something together and um, coordinate something something with everyone anyone that's in Columbus because I think that'd be a lot of fun to watch some of the games during the championship and check that out uh on top of that just in regards to everything in general um yeah re- really just you know think that uh or, or one one thing I'd like to add is just going into the off season, our podcast is going to be probably relatively more active than other football podcasts in the sense that, or fantasy football podcasts in the sense that, you know, I'd like, I'd like to really get back into the swing of things around spring OTAs. I don't know what you might be thinking, Derek, but I like it. Um, I think it'd be a great way to uh, not only keep everyone engaged within the league, but also, you know, provide some, 
uh, extra bonus uh, incentive and material to folks that are listening that, you know, might not be in the league as well. So absolutely. Even if it's only like an episode a month for a little while there, I still think it'd be nice to put something out for everybody that listens. Yeah. Maybe we can do something like, uh, I don't know, like once the NFL playoffs hit or, um, as we approach the Super Bowl or something like that, where we can almost kind of have like a winter meetings uh, forum. Uh, I think that would be pretty cool where we talk about be. any changes that we would want to happen for next year and um, ways to determine the draft order. I know we talked about some of those things that came up uh, midway through the uh, the year with Jimmy. So actually, that's uh, a really good idea. I like yeah, that. I think like a winter meetings podcast would be, would be a, a kind of a nice, uh, nice next step here. So, um, all right, so let's let's dive into the recap here. So, Derek, I mean, you really pulled off uh, <laughs> uh, quite the upset, despite how low scoring it was. Um, walk us through uh, what, what your thoughts were here throughout the uh, throughout the matchup. Oh man, um, trash. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, starting on Thursday, that was the Kansas City game. And he had Mahomes and Butker. And I don't know if he had anybody else. And they just completely had, like, their worst games of the season. And it, it finally it let my projections get a little bit closer to him. And I felt like, you know, oh, I had Justin Jackson, too, which was a great play. And I felt like, you know, I was back in it now. Um and, and Jack and I had talked about a lot concerning the fact that, you know, we were both in semifinals that Tackett's season is very reminiscent of my seasons from late, from years past where I just absolutely kill everybody all season long. My team just super consistent. And then all it takes is that one week for everything to just fall apart. And he hadn't had that yet. He was 10-1. and one. His one loss was by like one point. And it was still high, a high-scoring game, but he hadn't had a low score. And that's what happened to me every year is I would have that low score in the first round of the playoffs. Well, his came in the second round. Yeah, it's always really concerning when, like, all of your guys are meshing all year. It's like almost you're almost due for them all to kind of, you know, throw up uh, the same week. And, you know, unfortunately that's what happened to Tackett here with Adam Thielen, Jarvis Landry, Tyler Lockett. Um, I mean, you know, I can't really say Ian Thomas because, you know, Ian Thomas is kind of a flash in the pan play to a certain extent. Um, you know, the anchor to his team has been all year Mahomes, David Johnson, and Christian McCaffrey. But, you know, yeah, Feeling. like you said, I mean, you know, Mahomes didn't really do what Mahomes does. And, oh, the other thing about Tackett's team was he always – he had two – quarterbacks a uh, really strong play with two quarterbacks all year and Roethlisberger didn't do a whole lot either so um it's very surprising though I think that Thielen and Landry they're high volume guys so the fact that you know Thielen got two for 19 and Landry went three for 37 is just um you know it, it, it was very uncharacteristic of of those kinds of players who are high volume plays typically yeah, I mean, Thielen hasn't had any game nearly close to as bad as this one was. I mean, and that's where their team put up 41 points. And yeah. thankfully for me, Dalvin Cook was the beneficiary. Yeah, yeah. The only thing, I mean, you know, looking at your bench, Damian Williams, that was a nice pickup. And, 
you know, I guess you could have maximized your points, but that, that's totally hindsight to say, I'll oh, play Damian Williams uh, and get 30 points out of him. So it was tough too, because I had Damian Williams in two leagues and I knew I had to play him in the other one um, just because of how killed I was on injuries. And I just didn't feel like risking my fantasy season on the back of Damian Williams in both leagues was a good idea. Yeah, you got to kind of uh, spread out your exposure and not right. be too heavy on them. Yeah, yeah. Which honestly, he, he just absolutely annihilated it. So I'm really glad I used him in at least one league. The one thing that I was really surprised about, um, you know, I haven't been a fan of him through all year, and he just continues to defy my my judgment of him. But Eric Ebron. Um, just one catch for eight yards in a game where they won 23 to nothing. What happened there with Eric Ebron and Andrew Luck? Um, it wasn't really that. I don't think Luck – I mean, look, Andrew Luck only had 9.7 points. He only had 16 completions and 192 yards. That game was – it was all about controlling the clock against Dallas. And honestly, also Dallas had the ball a lot. They just kept getting into scoring position and then either turning it over or, like, missing a field goal or, you know, something like that. So it was just a really, really odd circumstance. And unfortunately for Ebron, he had a couple plays negated by by holding calls. Like, he had a really long, like, 30-yard catch negated by a holding call. And just stuff like that can really ruin a player's day. Yeah, the, the one thing that um, I think some people – over uh, take oversight on a little bit is Dallas is a slow paced team. They probably have the probably look towards the bottom of the league. When you talk about the number of snaps that offense Mm -hmm. um, runs per, you know, however many seconds, but they are a slow paced team and they slow other teams down. It's a very, because I mean, look, they try to establish the run, they run the ball, they try to, you know, control possession and, you know, the Colts beat them at their own game, which I was fairly surprised that they did. I mean, I felt like, you know, the Colts are typically a team that um, – I, I take that back, but they're they're more so a team that, you know, when you look at Dallas's defense, Dallas is a, has had a strong run defense. Their linebacking core is probably one of the best linebacking cores in the NFL right now. Um, and the Colts, Colts came out and ran the ball on them, which is very surprising. So It gives credit to their O-line. Man, uh, Quentin Nelson is as good as Saquon Barkley has been in all those skill position players. The guard, Nelson, has been maybe the most impactful player out of that draft class so far. Yeah, it, that that offensive line, I mean, talk about a, a turnaround. level of improvement. Yeah, I mean, th- how many weeks did they go without allowing Andrew Luck a sack? I want to say it was like 11 weeks or something like so, Just something – a ridiculously long period of time to not allow a single sack to your quarterback when in previous years they were the team that gave up the most sacks to their quarterback. So, um, yeah, like you said, Quentin Nelson's kind of the anchor behind that. And um, that whole offensive line is, is really playing is really playing well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's been a, a great year for the Colts. What a turnaround. What a comeback for luck. And, Hopefully, they can continue that this week and put up a ton of points. Uh, Any concern about your OP spot with Marcus Mariota here? Yeah, he sucks. Um, (laughs) It's that this offense is 
boring as hell. Um, they've turned into one of those where they just want to feed Derrick Henry, like just continue to give him the ball an absolutely absurd amount and not try to throw, which, okay, you can do that to be easy teams like Jacksonville and the Giants. But when you get in the playoffs, uh, good luck. I mean, I, it's it's just it's just a coach trying to punch that playoff ticket and not really worry about anything else. And uh, Marcus Mariota is unusable. I'm not using him. Wow. So you heard it here first. Derek's not putting Marcus Mariota into the starting lineup championship week. That's damn straight. All right, so let's move on to the other matchup and recap that a little bit here. So Jimmy got uh, Jimmy got beat up a little bit here by by Jack, unsurprisingly. Uh, biggest thing that stands out to me is um, he has Chris Carson on the bench. I mean, Jordy Nelson, he had 15 points, but, you know, two soft six for 88 from Jordy Nelson this week. I mean, you just can't rely on him. But Chris Carson on the bench was a little surprising to me. However, I mean, you can't put him in over Deshaun Watson. So, or Zeke um, or Chubb. <laughs> yeah, or Chubb. I mean, I guess you could contemplate putting him in over Chubb, but uh, I feel like the problem here with Jimmy's team is like he was just too running back heavy. Like, if he would have moved one of these running backs for a stud receiver, he could have been in a much different spot right now. Yeah, I feel like there was a point in the year where he contemplating traded. Zeke for a, a stud receiver and didn't pull the trigger and who's to say I mean hindsight's twenty twenty. Um, yeah he he probably wouldn't have made as far as he did without Zeke because of the monster performances he's had but honestly his his wide receivers were his undoing and we kind of called that for a while now yeah well you don't you don't trade Zeke but I mean you could have definitely gotten some value out of Chubb you know sell high on Chubb and hold on to Chris Carson you know steady Eddie with him so like you know you get Zeke who's your baller you get Chris Carson as kind of a reliable anchor versus a Chubb and you move Chubb a couple weeks ago at his all-time high and you know put him you know get get a nice nice quality receiver um, out of out of Chubb there, um, but again, like you said, hindsight's twenty twenty. Um, it looks like he listened to me, though. Uh, I tried hinting at this, but I didn't want to just completely, you know, right. give it away <laughs> out of respect for the matchup, and you know, considering it was in the playoffs. Um, but I liked Ty- I liked Tyrell Williams going into this week, and it looks yep. like he caught on to that. Uh, I'm assuming he listened and caught on to that, or it was just coincidence and he decided to put him in. But uh, I thought Tyrell Williams was a pretty decent play. Um, You know, and I don't blame him for playing Sterling Shepard with Odell Beckham out. So, you know, there wasn't a whole lot Jimmy could do here to really keep up with Jack, and it just shows the high-quality level of talent that Jack has on his team. Yeah, I mean, it's just unfortunate for him because he made the right calls. His receivers, look at that. Woods, nine targets. Shepard, nine targets. Tyrell, 12. The issue is Tyrell caught six of 12, and Shepard caught two of nine. And then Woods, for catching seven of the nine, he didn't do a whole lot with them. So it's just unfortunate that his receivers, they they absolutely, they got the opportunities that he needed. They just did nothing. Jack's team didn't completely ball out, however – it, he did pretty good for in a very low scoring week. His team still did him like awesome, you know, with Gurley 
Gurley looked like, you know, um, he was kind of struggling in the game, but he comes away in a full PPR with 35 points at the end of the day. So it's like the first half he looked great. The second half he definitely got slowed down. He looked a little hurt. Um, Joe Mixon looks like the best running back in the league right now uh, besides Derrick Henry. Uh, And, you know, again, like he just has a bunch of great players on his team. So, um, I mean, I could see a way where his team loses to you just because, uh, you know, some of his guys seem like they're hitting some cold streaks, but at the same time, like, you know, the running backs that he has and the quarterbacks that he has are just a very strong, strong core that he can rely on week in and week out. So, uh, he's definitely lost some depth here, especially with Aaron Jones getting hurt, but, um, he, he's still in a, a great spot, obviously. So, yeah, yeah. Let's let's go ahead. You want to jump and look at the matchup? Yep. The uh, championship matchup. Yeah. So it looks like you are uh, the heavy underdog um, with oh, yeah. an eighteen point spread here. So, <laughs> in the projections. Yeah, I mean, uh, I haven't taken Mariota out. I will be doing that. Um, so. Yeah, let's look let's look at position by position first. So let's look at the quarterbacks first. We got Andrew Luck going against the Giants. Um we won't look at Mariota just because it sounds like you're not playing him. Um but Matt Ryan and Drew Brees. So Andrew Luck going against the New York Giants. New York Giants, I would argue their strength is is probably more so I mean, I wouldn't even call it a strength, but their strength <laughs> is more so their secondary versus their their um, run defense. And we just saw it last week with Marlon Mack going up against the Cowboys, who have a nice run defense. So, you know, I would argue their game plan is probably to come out and, and control the, the ball again um, and not necessarily try and air it out at least early on in the game. Uh, with that being said, I feel pretty good about Andrew Luck putting up a decent game because of that, because eventually they will open it up to, to open up the game. So, Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think Luck is primed to have a pretty decent game, especially considering his last game being super underwhelming. I just knock on wood, wood knock on wood, knock on wood. Hopefully he doesn't do that again. Um because I need it, but <laughs> I'm just gonna put it put it right out there. I I don't expect to beat Jack. <laughs> like his team is absurd, and it it seems like every week when we, when we talk about these matchups, it's like his playoff matchups are once again for the third week in a row. They're 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 lit. They're on fire. Yeah, they're. I mean. His team's playoff matchups are pretty awesome. Uh, Matt Ryan against the Panthers, you know, not too worried about that for Matt Ryan. And I think that um, you definitely attack the, the Panthers through the uh, through the air, despite despite not um, seeing Drew Brees have that much success. However, um, you know, I I felt like that was just more a product of um, the Panthers having a good good scheme going and I feel like the Saints 
are very top heavy with their wide receiver core. Like Michael Thomas is really good and teams weren't catching on to Drew Brees, just spreading the ball around so much because, you know, there's really not that great of a second receiver. I guess you could say Traquan Smith, but he hasn't been playing um, to the potential that he has. So uh, Matt Ryan and, and the Falcons wide receiver core, I think is a different story. And um, in my opinion, a smash spot for this week. Unfortunately, I agree. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know there's some question about Julio's availability. Um, if he doesn't play, then I think that changes things a lot. But I don't know. I, I really don't see Julio missing a game. I mean, what what's the uh, Falcons' record? They're yeah, they're out of it, or... aren't they? They're they're really bad right now. Um, yeah. It's weird to see the Falcons this bad or have that bad of a record. So, I mean, given Julio's, you know, injury history, I wouldn't be fully surprised if he didn't play this game. So, well, I hope he doesn't, not only for my team's chances, but for his own health. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Drew Brees, on the other hand, uh, going up against the Steelers. I feel like Steelers' defense is – It's definitely improved, yeah. I think their pass rush is is better too. Um, And and that was – I felt like that against the Panthers was what the Saints are struggling with. I got to imagine there was like four or five, you know, batted balls at the line of scrimmage. Um, against Drew Brees, and that's you know that just is a uh, I think a product of their uh, rush defense doing pretty well, and also Drew Brees not being the tallest quarterback uh, out there. So um, I could see that happening a little bit more, and you know you you get you get to Drew Brees like he's not really getting it, he's not making it out of the pocket, like he's not that good at escaping pressure. So. Um, you know, I, I could see Breeze not having his best game, but I, I still think Matt Ryan makes up for it. Yeah, I mean, normally I, I would agree with you and I want to agree with you that Pittsburgh is not a great matchup for him, but it's Drew Breeze playing at home in a dome, coming off a game where that offense looked super sluggish. Um, the defense won them the game, not the offense. I, I just really see them getting things on the right track and um, – I could see this being a huge blow-up spot for him. Well, if we talk game script here for a second, too, like I could totally see that happening and them being fired up and coming out at home and having a great game. However, it could be done completely on the ground at the same exact time. So, you know, we saw it all of last year where Kamara and Ingram both go off, both basically are fantasy RB1s for a game. And Drew Brees puts up 11 points or 12 points. So, um, I don't know. I, th- I just I feel more comfortable with Ryan over Brees. But there's obviously no way that he's not playing Drew Brees, though. Um, but right. I, I remember expectations, in my opinion, for Drew Brees. Okay. So, what do you think about the Todd Gurley situation? <laughs> yeah, I mean um... – I think it's – I haven't looked at the uh, practice reports or seen how, like, how much he's been held out or if he has been held out of practice or what the deal is. Um, but it didn't look good. 
on on what was that Sunday night or Monday night football? Uh, uh, Sunday night. It did not look good. Um, or Monday, sorry. With him coming out, he definitely didn't look healthy. Although when he was in, he still played pretty well. Yeah, I mean, it looks like he hasn't practiced all week. So, you know, it's going to be interesting. Interesting to see what happens. Although they kind of they kind of need him to play. Um, and for the, Arizona's for the seeding. defense isn't that scary. Um, you know, I think they've gotten a little bit better over the year, but uh, they're, they're still not anything to, to mess with completely. But I, I think they need him to, to come back in and, and play well. So I, I agree that if they want a shot at that one seed, they do need him. But I also think that that would be idiotic for them to push their best player. Um, into potentially hurting himself, and then instead of not having the one seed, they are going to be an early playoff exit without him. It's just weird to me because you know he um, when he actually played in the game, he didn't look like he was injured. Like he still <laughs> looked full speed in the she, game. She was hyped up, man. Because yeah, you, but you I go mean, under that tent, and no one knows what happens. <laughs> Right, like he he came off on the sideline, and he's like, it, you know, it's looking like he's not even coming back into the game, and then all of a sudden he comes back in, and he, there he is, Todd Gurley at his finest. Like, so I'm not, I don't know what exactly is wrong with this guy, like with his knee, and how serious this is, and maybe it's just more of a maintenance thing than anything. Um, but I mean, you know, it's a situation to monitor at the same time. You have to play them. I think um, the only way that you can over – I mean, I don't I don't really see any problem, you know, here with – like, you have to play them, right? So – If he plays, absolutely. Um, it's left knee inflammation, and he hasn't practiced all this week, and they don't expect him to practice tomorrow. Yeah. So, that in itself – and it's a 405 game, which – Oh my God. Like if he doesn't play and Jack counts on him playing, I, I don't know what he's going to do. He's because Aaron Jones was just placed on IR and that his, was yeah. his surefire backup plan. Well, he picked up John Kelly and uh, Justin Davis. So, I mean, it yeah, looks like that's luck. what his plan is unless he, unless he decides to go with Adrian Peterson, which I don't think would be a terrible play. Uh, well, no, Adrian Peterson is playing on Saturday. So, Oh, so he can't do that, yeah. Can't, yeah. So, I mean, unless – the only other thing is you go with – well, he's got Jalen Samuels, so <laughs> just put in Jalen Samuels then and, you know, but you feel pretty – Connor could be back. Oh, is he coming back? I, I thought Connor was set to come back this week. Really? Yeah, let me see if – how do I find out on the preview? Uh, I'm just going to go to – Full box up. score. I'm looking up James Conner right now. So, according to – this is according to ESPN. Oh, shit. They have him with a high projection. He's got a questionable tag. He didn't practice today. Um, he they're, they're saying he's not going to play. Well, in that case, yep, Jalen Samuels is a pretty solid backup. God damn it. And even if, I mean, even if Connor did 
for some reason play, you know, they're not going to give him the full workload. So Samuels is still going to get work at the very least. So I would argue that, you know, that's the move. You know, you're not going to mess with Gurley's backups. I mean, I guess you could if you really want to take the risk, but I think Jalen Samuels is probably the much safer play and higher upside, you know, considering he's going to get majority of the – or the entire workload and majority of the workload even if Connor plays. So um, it's not it's not going to be that much of a loss, believe it or not, for the last week of the season. So Yeah. 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 Let's look at your team here. Um, you know, when I when I take a first glance at your team, the biggest, the two biggest question marks, in my opinion, are what are you going to do in that OP spot, and then additionally, what which Spencer Ware is going to show up on Sunday Night Football? You're at Seattle. You know, Spencer Ware is definitely not Kareem Hunt. He's a solid player but he's not Kareem Hunt um and you're going on the road in a tough environment what is going to happen to Spencer Ware on Sunday Night Football yeah it is quite frightening um due to the fact that Damian Williams put up massive numbers that they are just going to a committee now it's not Andy Reid like to do that but with the way he just performs I could easily see them going to a committee so, I don't feel good about it, but it's a tough environment. Seattle's run defense hasn't really been great. They're probably middle of the pack. Um, I, I just feel like you, you got to go with it. And it happens. It's not like yeah. you have a ton of options. Yeah, no, you're not playing Josh Adams over him. Um, no. Jamal Williams, though, any any interest there? Thinking Jamal Williams in the OP. Interesting, very interesting. Yep. Um, so the one thing, like when I look at that Seattle or that Seattle and Chiefs game, uh, I see Andy Reid wanting to air it out early. You go on the road. The best way to eliminate. A, a crowd like that in a hostile environment is to go up big early. Go up big early. You throw down the field to Tyreek Hill. I think this is a Tyreek Hill game where he goes off against the Seattle secondary. And then in the second half, they put the ball in Ware's hand and try and, and wear him out. No pun intended. <laughs> um, but I, I do think that Ware has a – a pretty decent game. I'm going to put uh, about 20 points on Ware in a full PPR. Uh, so I think you're going to get a solid 20 out of him, and I think you're going to get about another 23 out of Dalvin Cook. So I think you're going to get great production um, out of your running backs. Um, and Jamal Williams is an interesting, interesting play there. Uh, but I am worried about Allen Robinson. Um up against San Francisco, believe it or not. And, but I do think Stefan Diggs and Devonte Adams are going to have great games as well. So I don't know, man, I, th- I definitely think you have a shot here. Um, you got good enough matchups and if, and the key to your team is if luck and Ebron can connect, yep. if luck and Ebron can connect, you are in business. Um, 
And you have a little bit of a correlation play with that Rams defense and Gurley to negate a little bit of what Gurley's doing if Gurley does end up playing. Yeah, I mean, I am. So Allen Robinson's a concern all season long. He's just not been great. He had one great game, and it was against the Lions when they were down to Darius Slay. And now <laughs> Stephon Diggs is going against Slay, which is concerning to me. I, I do fear that Slay is one of the best corners in the NFL, and he could shut down Diggs. Um, but Kirk doesn't really shy away from throwing it to Diggs, no matter the coverage. So you got to play him. And he's the 11th-ranked fantasy football receiver. Um, well, from my understanding, too, Slay plays Slay plays on the X. Um, so I'm assuming you're pulling that from pro football focus, that matchup. Yeah. But I don't actually see that. Even though they're putting that, they're writing that down, um, the way the Vikings run their offense, they're going to motion digs a lot um onto the interior of the defense and so a lot of times those when they assign those whether it's on pro football focus or some of the other sites like roto grinders and stuff like that they don't account for motion plays um which can take them off the off the the receiver so i would actually argue that slay is going to be on end up end up seeing more snaps on Thielen than digs um, Diggs will definitely see some slay, but I think they're going to game plan to get Diggs away from him because after slay, there's not a whole lot going on in that Detroit secondary um, when it comes to the other cornerbacks specifically. So I think you tackle that, that um, the interior of the defense and try and just get some of those jet sweeps going, get some of those screens going. So um I don't know, man. I think that Diggs is going to have the uh, the upper hand on, on Thielen once again in this game. I hope so. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I didn't think about the fact that they do motion him a lot. And they do one of their – one of his best um, – his greatest skill sets is when he's motioned and switches to the far side of the field, and then they throw him a little screen pass and see yeah. what he can do with it. He can make a lot happen with a screen pass. And when you do that, it doesn't matter who covers you because it's all about taking advantage of the blocking ahead of you. So, obviously, you don't bench digs. Um, no, of course not. I mean, right. If you're benching digs, just like stop playing. Exactly. <laughs> you can't, like, that's a guy that you start obviously every week. Um, but, I mean, the other, the other guy that, you know, I have, a, you know, if I were on, if I was looking at your team that I have some interest in, this would be a bold move and tough decision to make. But Robbie, Robbie Anderson over Allen yep. Robinson, that's, that's the spot that. That's why I picked I, him up. Yeah. When I look at your bench, like I feel pretty good about Robbie Anderson over Allen Robinson. However, it's still a pretty risky move given that. I mean, dude, it's the Jets. Like, you know, Robbie Anderson, <laughs> he could go out and put up 30. He could go out and put up two. Like, you would just – every once in a while, the Jets just, you know, blow your mind and you have no idea what just happened. Um, and then the next week they come back down to life and they do nothing. So um, – but I do think it's a, a pretty pretty uh, nice matchup here going up against Green Bay. Yeah, it's scary to use Robbie Anderson because um, that Jets team has just been so bad all year. 
and it's one thing if I put him out there and he shits the bed, it's it's basically I just handed myself a loss. Um, but if I put him out there and he absolutely goes off, I'm back yeah. in it. So he looking at his last two matchups, him and um, Darnold have really connected. He went against Buffalo's Tredavis White, one of the best corners in the NFL, four for 76 and a touchdown. Yep. And then last week against Houston's elite defense, seven for 96 and a touchdown. And now he gets Green Bay, who is just Swiss cheese defense. Um, it's really, really enticing. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I was big on Darnold earlier in the year, and it obviously took him a lot longer to uh, to play into uh, to, to what I could I saw in him. But he, I feel like Darnold's starting to get a little bit more comfortable here and, and starting to – elevate his game now that he's got almost a full season under his belt. I mean, I guess not a full season considering he was hurt, but um, you know, he's, he's got some, he's got some playing time now under his belt and experience. So um, I don't know, man, I would say that's worth monitoring and and looking at, and you know, maybe it's worth looking up the injuries on both San Francisco's defense and Green Bay's defense to see what both teams can be game planning. But um, that's that's probably a big decision there for you come come uh, come Sunday here. So, absolutely, absolutely, it's something. And Robbie Anderson too. plays before Allen Robinson too. So, which is unfortunate because I would really rather have to make that decision after. At the same time, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's one of those. If you're thinking about playing Robbie Anderson, you usually want to be like, all right, do I need massive points? Because if I do. I'll roll the dice. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'd rather I'd rather do it that way, but I don't get the luxury of doing that. Yeah, I mean, because and the other thing too is Jack, most of Jack's team plays four o'clock games as well, so um, it's gonna be interesting. Like you guys, both your guys' teams. I mean, your team has a lot of one o'clock games, and his team has a lot of four. So um, you could be feeling pretty good going into those four o'clock games, but. Um, you know, he, he definitely has the firepower to catch back up here. So, yeah, it's going to be a, a hard fought matchup, no doubt. Uh, any other any other thoughts here in regards to the matchup? Not really. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. Jack has an extreme upper hand, um, but I've been the underdog for the majority of the season. I fought hard to get into the playoffs let alone to knock off the number one seed. Um, so we'll just sit here and see if I can somehow manage to do it again. So I'm going to, I'm going to just go through and give my projections here. So I'm going to give Andrew Luck 16. I'm going to give Dalvin cook another um, 23 or I'll give him 24 just to round it out. So make, make the math easy here. 40 okay. Spencer Ware another 20. So 60, Stefan Diggs, um, another 17. So I got 77 going. Um, Alan Robinson slash Robbie Anderson. I'm just going to, you know, give that a, a solid 13. So that's 90. Uh, Devontae Adams, uh, I like ESPN's projection, probably even a little bit higher. So I'm going to do 25. Uh, so that puts you at um, that puts you at 115. Ebron, I'll give him a touchdown and a bunch of touches. So I'm going to do another 16 there. 
131. Uh, Jamal Williams, I'm going to do another 12, so 143. Rams defense, another 10, 153. And Jason Myers of the New York Jets, I'm going to give him another 12. Yes, I was going to say a dozen, so fuck yeah. So what is that? Did I just I just did that's one sixty five. So I got you at one sixty five on my own projection. Oh and boy! If I go through Jack's team, Matt Ryan, uh, I'm just gonna give him twenty seven. Todd Gurley uh, slash Jalen Samuels. I'll do another. I'm gonna do an, uh, another twenty six there. Um, so twenty six plus twenty seven. That's uh, that's fifty three. <laughs> that was quick. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Joe Joe Mixon. I'm gonna do another. I'm gonna do another thirty there. So the eighty three. Michael Thomas. Wow. Uh, I'll do I'll do seventeen on Michael Thomas. So uh, put it at a hundred. Amari Cooper. Uh, probably gonna give him eleven. So I, I don't think Mark Cooper is going to have a great game up against Tampa Bay, believe it or not. I just don't see it. Uh, I see a run Dallas, game. I think Dallas offense is starting to come down a little bit. So 111, Brandon Cooks, I'll do him at another 14. So that's 125. Travis Kelsey, uh, I'm going to do Travis Kelsey at 18. So that's another 143. Drew Brees going to go ahead and give him uh 17 so that's 160 denver defense 170 you know giving him giving them 10 and ryan suck up uh i'm going to give him eight so i'm going to do 178 so i see 178 to 165 in favor of jack wow um if my team puts up 165 points i'd feel a little happy (laughs) so I don't know. Um, By the way, if I yeah. get that spot on and that's the exact point total, um, you know, I you, you got to give me some credit or something because <laughs> yeah, I that, like, that would I feel be like insane. that was good. Those those are good rankings and projections there. So I like that you sat there and did your own projections. Yeah, very very nifty. I'm sure everyone enjoyed that. So I I enjoyed it. I sat here sweating. Seeing who you were gonna, <laughs> what what number you were gonna assign to everyone? <laughs> By the way, this consolation bracket, what the hell? Yeah, that that made no sense. That argument about that. So, um, my understanding is that when the seeds eleven and twelve play each other in the first round, I believe, loser of that game should be the Dick Trophy. So I, I think everything else doesn't matter, but I I don't know. All, well, all that, well, I think I, it makes sense um, to do if a bracket. you do like a semifinal to a final and make it two rounds. Um, but I don't understand, like I don't get how, like they don't make it easy to interpret either. They just have like three weeks of matchups. Um, yeah, like because they don't think anybody cares. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. care a lot about our losers' consolation bracket <laughs> here. I care if I'm in last place or if I'm borderline playoffs. So, uh, you know, I, 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 I was 
very upset when Caleb tried to throw me into the toilet bowl there. Um, yeah. Because I won my first week in the consolation ladder, and I didn't look at it after that. Uh, and if I did, I played Mike Williams in my other league. I probably would have played him in this one and, and beat Caleb, actually. But um, that's besides the point. Consolation ladder is a big deal in our league to everyone listening. Um, we had a pretty heated text chain going to try and figure out what the rules are on that. I think that needs to be firmed up over the off season. So everyone's on the same page. Um, but I agree with you, Derek, but I also agree with Jimmy, like one way or the other, like it's either 11 and 12 play each other in the first round for that toilet bowl already, or, you know, you, you have the first round and whoever loses that first round then plays each other in the toilet bowl, the second round. But I don't understand how you can factor in a third round at that point. Yeah, no. I I mean, regardless, you're not in the toilet bowl, correct? That's my understanding of it, correct. From what I could tell, that's that's what it seemed like. I'm playing the 10 seed um, currently in the third round. But I I don't – so I I just don't – I don't get it. I mean, I won – let me I want I played Lennon the first round of the consolation bracket and I beat him. And so now I'm playing him again. Yeah, so let's let's see the consolation bracket. Um it's not it's just games like it's it's not it there's nothing to it. Yeah. It's it's 100% not you. It's either it's either Carl who got destroyed by Caleb in the first round when the 12 and 11 played each other. Or because Carl lost and Lennon lost and then played each other, Carl beat Lennon. So it's either so it's, Carl or Lennon. It's one of those two. So and they, they and I think that's that right. I think that's up for um, debate. But based on the text exchange, Lennon is pretty okay getting that trophy. <laughs> um, I'm going to say right. it's probably going to be Lennon. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, finally, Carl's team puts up more than 130 points in a game. So, um, but yeah, good for him if he didn't become the toilet champion. So, yeah, yeah. So, big big news here with the championship uh, for the first time in the history of the league. Jack Rye's name will be on that trophy. Um, it's a new. Going to be a new champion that will be crowned, which is exciting. Um, I'm so surprised you or Jack have never won this league. Never won. That's very surprising. I, neither of us have ever even been in the championship. Really? Really? I mean, this league has just been absolutely batshit crazy every year. <laughs> All right. <laughs> It just it just never makes any sense. All all the strangest crap happens. Um, yeah, because last year's Dennis and Jimmy, year prior, no, the year prior it was Lennon and Dennison. Lennon was in a championship. What the fuck? Dennison's had some. I mean, Dennison's been a juggernaut for a while. This was a rough year for him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's wrote some. Pretty hard seasons. Um, wow, wow! Is am I reading this right? Hold on. So the eight seed in years twenty fifteen and twenty sixteen made it all the way to the championship both years. Wow! So uh, that's three out of the last four years that the eight seeds made to the championship. Now, 
How, um, many, how many years has the eighth seed won? That's what I would like to know. Won the league? Yeah. Never. So we've had three of the past four years the eight seeds made this championship but has not won. No. Oh, wait. No, I don't think so. I did make it to a championship one year. I did not realize that. Um, <laughs> wow, I really didn't realize that. Oh, the year that Tackett won. Okay. Um, actually, the eight seeds made it to the championship, I think, just twice. Okay. Yeah. That makes that 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 sounds a little more accurate. Interesting. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and, and they're zero for two in the championship. And guess who the two eight seeds were that made it? You know uh, what? Uh, I don't know. Lennon and Kuhar. Kuhar, okay. That makes sense. The taco <laughs> effect. Yep. There you yep. go. And, and for your time, Mark, in this league, year number one, Jeffrey Kemper won the league. Really? Kemp- Kemper was in the league my first he- year? Before your time. Oh, before my time. Okay. Okay. Yep. Yep. I think he was in it the first two or three years. Huh. Interesting. And then he disappeared off the face of the earth. Yeah, I haven't heard from that kid in a long time. I see him logging <laughs> on Xbox though, so I know he's alive. <laughs> but, that's how you know. Yep, that's how I know. <laughs> um but awesome. All right, well anything else here before we wrap up the uh championship round? Um, no, I don't think so. Um so an ETA for us to make it back on here would be end of January probably. Yeah, I think like um I think a good time a uh, good plan for the next episode would be you know, once we've gotten through the playoffs and you know, after the NFC and AFC championships but before the Super Bowl because you have that two week kind of span yeah, there. So in the Pro Bowl. Yeah, so maybe um yeah, like right in the middle of that span before the, the Super Bowl. Uh, would be a good time for us to have maybe like uh, I don't know if we want to call it like a winter meeting episode or just a recap like episode or something like that. But um, I think it'd be good to do that, and then we'll have a planned agenda for it uh, to make it productive for the league, but also um, also something that our listeners can appreciate that might not be in the league. So yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. The uh, John of Fantasy Football League winter. We do some uh, some speculation, some side bets on who's keeping who, and uh, should be a lot of fun. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, cool. Well, thanks everyone for listening, and um, we are signing off for the final episode of season one of the Fantasy Football Bros. Goodbye, everyone, and thanks for listening.